Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Insider. Here with me again. Uh, oh, it's the Cybersecurity episode 20-20. So thank you for watching and joining. Hope you'll like it. Uh, please make sure to uh, subscribe, share and subscribe, and put any comments below the video. Uh, if it's a social media, put your comments also below the post and we'll be happy to take any kind of uh, feedback that you may have, you want to hear something else, uh, we'll be happy to uh, you know, have your subject uh, on our uh, schedule. Okay, so again, I have with me my uh, my guest, Seth. How are hey, you, hello. Seth? What's, what's going on? I'm good, on? man. How you I'm good. Everything's good. Okay, excellent. I'm happy that everything is good. So we'll get started with uh, our next item which is can you guess what we're going to talk about uh what are we going to talk uh we're we going to talk about the uh the oil company you are the man the man <laughs> yes <laughs> colonial pipeline ransomware attack and after okay so a couple of things interesting things so the ceo uh, went to the Senate and had the testimony from the, the, the senators. So they asked him what happened. So they, he said, well, we, inv we invested $200 million over the past five years. So they asked him, how much did you invest in cybersecurity alone? So he kept repeating the same answer, $200 million. But then later on, the uh, company spokesman uh, said, uh, uh, I don't know, another number that they invested, but the 200 million actually included the cybersecurity initiatives. So they asked him what happened there. And he said, well, they were able to access a VPN account with a, a, with a password with no MFA, without, uh, you know, second factor authentication. Mm -hmm. But then he said, he added another interesting, he said, but it was not, the password was not Colonial1234. It was a complex password. Your thoughts here? I think he's lying. <laughs> okay, tell us why. Well, what, uh, what do you think? Well, you tell me he spent 200 million, 200 million on what? <laughs> Did he, you know what I mean? Did he just buy a bunch of routers and switches and a bunch of, you know, secure, you know, uh, firewalls and that? What did he spend it on? He didn't spend it on training, obviously. Because somebody didn't do two, two multi-factor authentication. Uh, I, I I don't know, but so let, let's let's assume that whatever he says is the true. Okay, so from what he says, I can understand few things. One, yes, they didn't have they didn't enable MFA. Also, I think the two two-factor authentication, two FA. I'm sorry, and. He and also from that I can understand, and I saw somewhere because I'm still reading the news um, and, and the statements from the different sources, and they said, "Oh, uh, the attackers were already inside the organization," which is, I think, it's definitely we can consider it as an as a high, a valid claim, as we already know, and. And also that the fact that they didn't use, you know, they use complex password without two-factor authentication tells me another thing, that if they were already on the network, they possibly were able to capture the password, okay? 
by like a phishing attack, like spear, spear phishing attack, maybe, right? So they send an email to the uh, to the um, few people there in the organization, and you can do it easily these days. And they got the, the password, so maybe they were able to install like a keylogger, collect the password, and then authenticate. Another thing it tells me that they don't have any kind of monitoring and detec detection mechanisms. So let's say you have a problem with your defense mechanisms, but not able to detect it. This is another another point. And then, of course, we go to remediation. Maybe they also uh, had some issues with that. Now, I saw another another piece that they said that the VPN that we were using, it was a legacy VPN. So legacy can be very, very uh, broad term. But maybe mm -hmm. it's a VPN that they cannot enable to FA. That's maybe the case. So this is kind of interesting thing uh, to mention. Uh, but also I want to mention another thing that the U.S. Department, uh, uh, Department of Justice by the FBI, were mm -hmm. able to recover. So they paid close to $5 million. So they said the, 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 the total amount was 4.4. So the FBI was able to recover 2.3. Now, the difference between the amounts is because they, the Bitcoins has lost from its value mm -hmm. when they paid and when they were able to recover. That's why you have a, you have, so this is about 60, 70% of were able to recover. So in this case, I just want to mention that if you suffering from a ransomware, you should talk to the FBI and early on, early on, and make sure that they, they can help you to recover the funds in case you decide to pay. And then that CEO was criticized why he paid the ransom. And so what other choice did he have? What other choices? If we won't pay, we won't be able to recover the systems because there's a problem with the backups, right? This is another issue that we see. Right. They have a problem with the, backup, with the backups. Mm -hmm. So now they cannot go back to business as soon as possible. So they have, a, so they pay, they, they, Spent two hundred millions, two hundred million dollars, but they didn't do what they needed to do. I don't know. I've known that we don't, we don't have visibility into it, and and, and this is unfortunate. So, well, what, what uh, do you I, say? Well, he goes to the other thing. I'm looking. I happened to look up one of the articles I had. I was looking at earlier, and similar to what you were saying, they were able to compromise the password. Um, my thing is, is they were able to get to the VPN. Because it's a remote access. My point is, is that everybody have access to everything with remote access? Because isn't there like supposed to be granular and authentication of who gets what and where? You know what I mean? Like if you're just somebody who works in accounting, why would you have access to the servers in the back remotely? Um, right. right. Yeah, you should and you so, limit the access to a specific right. point. Yes. So if let's say they compromised an IT password. Okay. So like you said, they don't they don't have anything there, no type of defense system that's looking at things and seeing, okay, this account has never logged in over here. Why is it logging in there? You know what I mean? There's a lot of little things that they didn't do. Uh, but one of the things is that they're saying that some of the accounts, um, there's reports that some of the accounts from the company have been used. Uh, they use the same password on other accounts that are previously been breached. So 
that means they're not out there looking at breached passwords and validating if they're still good. Well, that, that brings another point to your point that you need to disable unused accounts in, in you know, at minimum, okay? If those accounts are not being used, so let's say an employee left the company, you need first to disable the account, wait for a while maybe, and then delete the account. If you can safely delete the account, delete the account and don't have an access. Or if you want to keep the account, make sure to, to change at least the password. But again, not to use 2FA, not maybe in that VPN, legacy VPN system, maybe it had some, some sort, of, uh, sort of a kind of vulnerability that we don't know. So this is kind of the things that, uh, like simple stuff, again, we are, you know, it reminds me again with the Equifax or Target or all those companies, they keep being breached, but they don't touch really the basics in security. I don't understand. You have all that money, but you don't do the right things. It yeah, but this really again, kills me. The, if he said he spent 200 million over five years, right? Is that what you said earlier? Yes, yes, yes. I, I don't believe it because obviously they they didn't do any assessment like yearly assessments on themselves do any penetration testing well they, they need to do all do, they need to do uh, every quarter maybe or maybe right. every month i would say because you have so critical infrastructure there a lot of people millions of people are dependent in your services how come you don't do your due diligence and check your system on a monthly basis okay you can't do monthly do this quarterly, do an audit, check the accounts. Right. I don't, I don't and one it. of the biggest things is, is to make sure that people are following the rule of not using passwords more than once anywhere in your system or anywhere on the internet, because you right. could actually look for breached passwords nowadays. They, you know, the guy who made, uh, I've been porn has created that database. Right. That are, and there's a lot of products that use it already. And they're, right. you know, that, that you can integrate <laughs> into your, um your authentication whether it's active directory or whatever you authenticate to it actually integrates into that and the minute they put a password in it automatically checks it to see if it's been breached yeah actually there was a dump of a i read it somewhere yesterday yeah there's always a dump lately yeah but this dump is really is really big uh and i'm trying to find it now uh that was from yesterday or the day before uh yeah i think i'll find it i don't know maybe okay anyway it was it was a big dump uh huge dump of uh of uh, passwords mm -hmm. and and probably some of the passwords there are already old or have changed, but a lot of them probably still in use. But this one, this one really was really uh, was really big, uh, big, uh, big database that was uh, that was just released uh, a while ago. And, and uh, here's the other thing: once so they're able to break through, and yet they're not isolating their backups. We've always isolated. I know in a lot of places that I worked at, which was one of the best things that I've seen, we isolated the backups on its own uh, VLAN. So, and, and only certain traffic could go across it. So if you get hacked, they can't go across the backup network. 
to do anything. Yeah, you need to segment the, the, the backup network. Yes, exactly. Right. And so that keeps your backups from getting getting any any type of, uh, uh, of, of any breach or any type of ransomware or anything on it. But then also the backup itself, the backups themselves have to be checked on a periodic basis, you know, whatever it is, weekly, whatever, to make sure that you're not backing up something that has ransomware in it or any right. type of, you know. So a lot of company, you know, think of Dato does it. A lot of the big boys do it. I'm like, you supposedly spent $200 million and you're not back, you're not making sure. Because ultimately, if you have your backups, then literally you can restore within a day or two, you know, let's say a week. They would have never had to pay the money. Yeah, well, to recover so much data, you're going to need not a day. You're going to need to have it a few What's days. A Man, I would say even longer, uh, probably two to three weeks. I think this is more more reasonable time to do the recovery. because, And think, again, if you have a backups on the cloud, it's probably going to take longer until you pull all the data from the cloud. It's going to take longer, but you need to have yeah, also the, backup, of, local yeah, backups. Companies, right, but those if you have it local, but those companies will send you out a hard drive if you want. They'll usually yeah. overnight it to you. Yes, and remember, yes. all this is un covered under your cybersecurity, and that's the, one of the biggest things, is that when it comes to restoring and recovery, all that you know, delivering and all that other stuff is going to be covered. So right. sending out those hard drives, even if they have to send it, ten, let's say you have 10 different locations, so you have to send 10 you know, hard drives out so that you can recover locally, because you can't trust the server that's there. So you want to, you know, wherever the data is at, you don't want to trust it. So you restore clean from backup. Um, they just send out the drives. Right. And, and do, do clean restore. Yes. And rebuild right. the machine from scratch. Right. Yes. And yes. if you do it in 10 different locations, I, I don't know how big this company is in a sense, how many sites they have. But if they would have done it, they could have all a lot of their major infrastructure could have been re restored within a, within a few days and then they could have went on and did all the you know administrative stuff and all the other stuff afterwards so over a week or two they could have gotten everything up and running right you know they were down for what almost a week no i think longer right so it makes no sense that you don't invest in the segmentation of your backup network in your backup you know your whole plan itself that disaster recovery plan is the key so that you don't have to spend $4 million on these idiots and sending them, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin or something. Right, right. Yeah, almost close to $5 million. Yes. That makes no sense. Yes. Well, yeah, if you don't have a backup, it makes sense to pay because you want to put your system right. back, in, back in place and you lose business as well all at the same time. But maybe this year we'll need to step down, including the the CSO and the CIO. This is what happened with the uh, with the, um, what that company now? I forget the name. Uh, Equifax. Right. Had to, those guys had to go. All the C level had to go. Okay, so let's uh, switch gears. I think we spent mm -hmm. fifteen minutes talking about. Oh, that. I think the one that you just saw was eight point four billion dollar entries. Eight point four billion entries. That's the one that happened. Oh, on there, yes, the database. Yeah, it's, June it's called, yeah, Rock U 2021, it's called. Yeah. I just saw it, yeah. Rock U 2021, yeah. This is a large, large dump uh, that uh, was just uh, released. Yeah. 
yeah, yes. 8.4 uh, billion entries. Yes, uh, uh, 100 gigabyte of text files that contains 8.4 billion entries of password, which have presumably been combined from previous data leaks and breaches. It maybe it's like a big list that, that that's what I understand that was combined from other lists. So the, now they have one place to find all the passwords. So I'll make it even easier for, for hackers. It, you know, why not help them? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's uh, switch games to. Let's see if you know. Can you guess which one? No, I don't. Uh, there's so many. There's so many things at the time. That I don't know which thing is important right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, VMware. Okay, so VMware vCenter. Uh, apparently, what I see, threat actors are targeting unpatched VMware vCenter and cloud foundation software. Uh, so uh, VMware is uh... sorry, guys. Yeah, can you just turn it off the phone? Yeah, I did. And I'm gonna turn off my phone as well <laughs> at the same time. Okay. So oh, okay. So let's go back. Threat actors are targeting unpatched VMware vCenter and Cloud Foundation software. So again, and VMware has released uh, patches. Uh, you can find it in KB83829. So what are the mitigations? So as far as I can tell, if you have a vCenter that exposed to the internet, make sure not to expose it directly to the internet, use a VPN, use a jump box. Uh, is it, is, isn't that kind of like redundant? If your vCenter isn't exposed to the internet, who exposes their vCenter to the internet? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> is that like a, a procedure that they're saying, hey, on this circumstance, don't do it. I'm like, okay, we shouldn't do that in general. Uh, so, yes, but you know, this is even the obvious. You need to say not to do even the obvious. Okay, don't do that because it's not the right way to do it. That's why I said well, if you want to expose the vCenter, use a VPN or a jump box. Yes, you can do it, but do it the proper way. That's all. That's it. I'm just saying, you know, exactly. exposed to the internet. I'm just, I just like reading these things that I'm like, is am I missing something here? I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that already. <laughs> Yeah, well, just it wouldn't it wouldn't be able to get hacked if it was behind a bunch of firewalls. Uh well, it's not about so much about the firewall again. If you remember, we need to have some sort of detection, but also have right. a good, but, very good protection mechanisms. Or what, what I'm saying mechanisms. is multiple layers of security in general. Exactly, right? onion the onion approach. Right, onion and, approach, and and they and they need to validate those things. And like we said, only certain people or IPs should be able to get into the jump box and from the jump box only certain IPs should have get to the servers exactly and, and for whatever reason just because you have access to the network there should be some type of tiered system of who gets to what and most users all users have no reason to be on any server directly uh yes unless you okay. know unless you heard of something different <laughs> uh, no, but those apparently those guys they do it differently. So I don't know. I I, I guess man, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes I'm bewildered. Like, and don't forget to patch. Hey, 
Don't forget exactly. to patch your systems, okay? This is one, one, one important piece. Don't forget to patch. <laughs> I read a book from 2007. If you would have just taken the dates out, it sounded like it was last week. It was a cybersecurity thing on. Make sure this, make sure that, oh, this is a concern. You have this. And I'm like, this has been going on since 2008, at least, in this book. Like, and <coughs> well, we still haven't gotten it. And he still haven't gotten it. Yeah, no, we we don't. you know also what bothers me really that they always blame the Chinese and the Russians. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's the absolutely. But what about you? You right. you, the companies, the U.S. companies, all those IT guys, all those CISOs, CIOs, CTO, CEOs, spend the money. Do the basic stuff. You don't need to be, but everybody is a CISO, the CCTO, you know, all those CCCC, but nobody does anything. Everybody are managers, but nobody does anything. Well, that's the reality is, is that the, is they say they're spending the money and it's a lot of cases they show it on paper, but it's not coming up in the end product because then if, if you, if you have multi-level systems, you know, then it would show in the end product because they would not be successful. Um, and, and, but somehow, and, and we're saying, okay, let me rephrase that. It would they would take the it would take a lot of work on their part to get in. Right now, they get in because some idiot didn't change his password, or you know, they didn't put multi-factor authentication. Like all the basics, like you go a list of twenty things that you should do. Oh, they didn't do nineteen of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, they didn't do 18 of them. You know, like, okay, how can we, you know, solve these problems if you're not even doing the first 20? Well, don't do the first 20. Just do three. Okay. Okay. Can we do the first the first five important ones? Exactly. Patch. Why but they're they? not doing that. But they're not doing that. That's what and I'm saying. What I'm they saying. don't do anything. It's, just, yeah. it's like it's they're ridiculous. spending this money and they don't even know that you know, somebody put in poopsie one, two, three. <laughs> you yes. Know? Or okay. solar wind one, two, three, four, you know. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why the CEO of Colina and Pipeline said, well, what wasn't Colina one, two, three, four? Like I said, no, we are not solar winds. We are not. We are a little bit better. We had the complex password, but it was breached. Who cares? Yeah, right. Who cares if the, the password was complex? Do you right. care if the password is complete? No, no, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't care if somebody robs me with a knife or a gun. It's still robbed, right? Yeah. <laughs> took your penny or took hundred dollars. It's still it the right. same. It's still yeah. They still got robbed, and it's like just because you okay. So they robbed you in broad daylight versus the middle of the night in the corner. You still got robbed. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, and by the way, uh, uh, we're gonna have a hot stop because I have like in ten minutes we're gonna need to wrap up. So, uh, so the last thing about about this uh, vCenter, the VMware, it uh, it doesn't require any authentication. This is interesting, no authentication. So if the vCenter is exposed to the internet, you don't need to authenticate. Uh, so of course you need to restrict devices access to certain IPs or sources in order to make sure that you can have it. So have a VPN with the restrictions, with authentication, and you should be fine. And don't forget to patch. <laughs> I think one of the things, and we should do a show on this, I literally think, and it's, it sounds like the most stupidest thing ever, but 
I think we should do a, a show on patching and password management. Okay. You prepare the schedule. Uh, I'm going to hand you the leadership, Mr. Seth, and you're going to prep that for us for next time, for our next session. Fine. Maybe tomorrow. It's, maybe tomorrow you want to do it so we can do it to, do it to, tomorrow. What do you say? I, I, I've got enough articles that I've written about it for a long time that I, I could just go and pull those articles and we could do a show on it. You okay, I mean? so okay, so let's do it. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. Fine. Let's do it. It's okay. just it's just passwords and patching. That's it. Okay. My, I'm with you. Okay. It, and, and, people think it's just, and people think it's just simple patching. I'm at password management. I have a deeper understanding of how we can do that. But all right, go ahead. Okay. So the I think it's gonna be our last item on the list. And as you know, I have a lot here. <laughs> Never changes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let me present it. Okay. Oscilloscope, malware, targets Windows containers. Okay. People probably don't know what this container. Container is like a small, very small, teeny resource as a um, virtual machine. Like a virtual machine, exactly. Right. That you can spin it in a second. It does something, and then you can shut it down and move on so it helps you basically to manage resources better so you have a big host and then you can run a lot of containers like but you can run those containers yeah and that contain yeah yes exactly applications anything else application whatever but you spin them based on the need so let's say you need more resources to save requests but it does it automatically so there you have a lot of automation so, so if anyone if anybody knows anything about docker or Kubernetes, exactly. it's the same thing. It's just Windows version of the same thing of these containers. They're exactly. isolated slivers of resources for specific applications or any type of other uh, processing you're doing. Exactly. Uh, so here's the thing. A researcher at Palo Alto Networks, Unit 42, has discovered the first known malware that targets Windows containers. So this is what it says. Oscilloscape. Uh, is heavily obfuscated malware targeting Kubernetes clusters through Windows containers. Its main purpose is to open a backdoor into poorly configured Kubernetes clusters. And the next page, in order to run malicious containers. Okay, so we can spin more containers within that containers. I guess this is the case. Uh, so what do you say? My thing is, is once again, access. It's like, okay, that, it, it, that may be a problem. That could be a major problem. Uh, how does it get in? And how does it get, you know, what, how does it get launched? That's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, I could put a diamond in a glass case. Like, oh, that's not secure. But if it's in the middle of the house, behind gates and walls and, other, it, you, you know, it makes it difficult for them to get to it. Um, and it's the same thing, like what we were joking about before. VMware center should be connected to the net, to, straight to the internet. A lot of these problems happen is because of the access that people are giving. There, not everyone should have access to the back end where the containers are. Not all IT should have access. The guy who does your desktop support should never have access to any of that. So I think there's a tiered system problem here and access problem. And I think that's the biggest issue that we need to deal with. Because, yes, there are a lot of, 
you know, issues that are out there with different products, but if they have no access, they, they can't initiate it. Well, it says here, well, it's a bit more technical, but it says that the, the exploit starts by leveraging a known vulnerabilities in running containers, then impersonates as a service to obtain the certain privileges using the uh, using undocumented NTLM uh, uh, NTLM right, thread call. Okay, then then they go about the global symbolic link and all of that. Right, but that means somebody says, had to have got access to that server. Yes, uh, on initially, yeah. But well, if it's exposed to the internet, it, it's possible that you'll have okay. some sort of a way to to get in. But so once and then again, once again, your container should not be exposed to the internet directly. Uh, yeah, which would be firewall. But you know, you have a firewall that it not necessarily will prevent something, but at least you have good defense mechanism. And then they go and talk about that export does not require admin privileges to be successful. The backdoor uses a Tor client to connect to a, a an Onion C2 server, verify your container image update process to ensure that patches are deployed in your running containers in a timely fashion. Okay. I guess. Patching is the answer, right? Once again? Yeah. Once again. Yes, patching. Okay. If we, remember, <laughs> we said, we said one, one, one thing. Okay. I want to touch one last thing because this is related to the state where we are living. Oh, you're in New Jersey, but I'm in New York. Right, okay. Same thing. Okay, so here, I, um, so this oh, is interesting. Yeah. I heard about this one too. Okay. Yep. The law department, yeah, I heard about that one earlier today. Yeah, law department, well, I know it already yesterday. And so, but apparently in New York City, departments are being targeted in general and th this is what i believe now i saw some st statement about the law department said they maybe they were able to defend the attack they asked the fbi is investigate investigating and then i heard something else that there's some politics around there so i don't know exactly where those are and this is from inside information a little bit but i don't know what's going on there so uh, i believe that this is something and then said china china is uh uh behind this attack they believe that they are coming from from china and again uh who knows uh, and they they say here so let me read you um uh, a, a little bit description so china's government exploited a pulse secure zero day vulnerability to gain access to new york city's uh mta uh computer system earlier this spring a forensic investigation revealed that they uh, intruders attempted to remove evidence of their uh, foils into the network, which raises the possibility that there have been system breaches that MPA has not discovered. This is a key. Mm -hmm. So they are probably having an active persistent threat over there, APT, that it's still there on the network. And I'm sure the MTA, New York City, you know, all the departments, somehow they are, they are connected somehow to each other. So I, I, I know some of the guys that work over MTA. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> okay, we, we'll leave it with that. And I think uh, any any additional comment is not going to be necessary in this case. <laughs> and you know, I prefer uh, not to say anything. Uh, so. With that, we end our session. I mean, I have, 
you know, a few other pages here, but I have a hard start. So we are going to finish this uh, episode, epi episode 20. Yeah, but you need to prepare something for tomorrow. Mr. I have a couple of things tomorrow. Well, okay. it depends on what you mean by prepare. If you just want me to talk about it, I can't. You want PowerPoint, yeah, it may not be ready tomorrow. No, 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 no. You know, like, like well, what I did, have those and, you know, yeah, bring I it a little bit. Maybe you can send it and then uh, then we can prep. I mean, you know what I mean. Okay, so we can do, finish what I have here, and then we can do yours. I don't know. So we'll see sure. about, about the time. Okay, so thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Seth, for joining again. This is Igad Beha from the Cybersecurity Insider. I thank you, everybody, for watching. And, of course, I want to encourage you. Please share, subscribe, and like our podcast. Thank you for, very much for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow. Maybe next, maybe tomorrow we'll do a live session. You know, we're going to stream directly to YouTube. What do you say? Would you like to Sounds do that? To, Sounds good to me. Okay, so we'll go live tomorrow. Okay, guys, thank you. God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Everybody stay safe and healthy. Uh, and we'll... See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Right. Take care.